Hello, and welcome to this week's episode of Mondays with Mai, your new go-to mental health, wellness, and lifestyle podcast. I'm your host, Maya. On this podcast, we talk about topics including, but definitely not limited to, different mental health disorders, boundaries, the self-care industry, and popular wellness and lifestyle trends circling the internet. So, if you're looking for a podcast that hits on all of these topics and so much more, then congratulations, you found it. I hope you enjoy this episode and that you're taking care of you, whatever that may look like. Hello, and welcome to another episode of Mondays with Mai. If you're new here, thank you for tuning in, and I hope you stick around. And if you're a returning listener, thank you so much for all of the love and support thus far. I truly appreciate it. This week's episode is going to be part two of the Dating and Mental Health series. However, it's going to be my story and my experiences. I previously had mentioned that I had a few other people that wanted to share their stories. However, timing just didn't work out 100% and life got in the way, which totally fine, that happens. I think also on my end, it was a bit of a learning curve since this whole podcasting is completely new to me. I mean, this is only the sixth episode ever. One of the things I learned is that maybe a few weeks is not enough notice, maybe a couple of months. I think I first ask people about this maybe like four weeks ago because I'm doing bi-weekly episodes and that's just not enough time and so I think it was a learning curve all around Um, but I am excited to share my experience dating with you all today. I actually went on a date this week so I'm not going to talk about that specifically just because it just happened and I don't want to divulge too much because it's just very new like brand new fresh off the shelf (laughs) so I want to keep that to myself for now, but I have a lot of other dating stories that I will be sharing throughout this episode and some tips and advice and just my perspective on things as well. So I'm excited to share all of that. Before we get started though, I want to do a little life update. I am working on making some changes career-wise. Not going to get into the weeds on that just for privacy purposes and also because things are still kind of in the works and I'm still manifesting some things, but hopefully there will be some exciting changes there and whenever that happens I would love to do an episode with a friend on working and work-life balance and all of that. I'm also starting to finally plan what my early 2024 is going to look like. I mentioned before that I'm thinking I might want to leave DC but I don't 100% know like where I would go so I have some plans in early 2024 to be out of the country for some family events so I'll be in Jamaica for a little bit and then I'm hoping to kind of island hop in the Caribbean for a couple months so that's something that I'm starting to plan and then I'm hoping by the end of winter I will know like what I want to do where I want to go if I change my mind and decide I want to stay in DC or if I want to move to another state who knows so I'm finally starting to like actually think about that in more detail and do some research on things I'm also working on some fun stuff for the podcast I am going to maybe do an announcement like later well not maybe I will do an announcement later when things are 100% ready but I just have so many ideas of like what I want to do related to this so I figured why not get started now even though 
know very early stages of this podcast i still want to create some things for you all if it's something you're interested in one of them is a journal and i feel like that's very fitting just for like the substance of this podcast it'd be a 2024 journal so that won't come for a while but it's something that i'm actively working on and then i have a few other things in mind that i want to make but those will come down the line so i definitely will announce that whenever it's time but that's an exciting thing and i really like being able to really lean into my creativity in that way because i consistently kind of like paint and draw and i've really been into sculpting lately but using my creative abilities in a different way like creating something that can be marketed to other people is very interesting and i'm really enjoying it i'm back into my like fitness era <laughs> I feel like I kind of took it easy over the past several months, which is totally fine. But yeah, I took it easy the past couple of months for many reasons. And I kind of just focused on lower impact things like yoga and Pilates and walking, which are still good and still healthy. And those are things that I'll still be doing. And it's a maybe like lower commitment and lower intensity way to move my body. But I'm now finally getting back into like HIIT workouts. I used to do HIIT workouts religiously back in like 2020, 2021. And I had beautiful abs and <laughs> I miss that. And not that, you know, physical appearance or having abs is everything, but I liked the way it looked on me. So I'm like trying to get my abs back and also just moving my body and different ways because while I love those low impact workouts and I will always be doing my walks that's something that will just never leave I just feel like I'm not getting as many results not even physically but just I feel like I've plateaued somewhat in terms of the benefits like before I used to be doing yoga and pilates and stuff and I would feel really energized and good afterwards and I still do feel good after doing it but I noticed I'm still pretty tired and I'm still feeling like low energy so I've started doing some higher intensity stuff and I feel like that's really helped boost my energy and is helping with my mood a lot more so I think switching it up is going to be really helpful for me because like I said the low impact stuff still has I still am going to do that and it still benefits me but I think I need to just mix it up because my body's maybe gotten used to the low impact so my apartment gym has a peloton so I just created a free account and it's very limited access of what I can do on there but I just do like a 20-30 minute peloton ride and then also do like different hit workouts that I see on YouTube or some strength training in my apartment gym with weights and stuff and I'm really enjoying that and it's giving me a lot more energy and a lot more mental clarity as well because I feel like I've had the craziest brain fog for like the past three or four months and that's really helping with that um I don't think I have any more life updates actually I do I have a big one and I'm gonna I was hesitant about sharing this because I was like I don't want to put too much out there and jinx it but I've decided I'm gonna change my mindset on that and instead of looking at it as potentially jinxing it, I'm looking at it as manifesting it, and then also other people holding me accountable. So one of the things that I'm working on is I really, really, really want to have an exhibit in a gallery in DC. I've had stuff in galleries before back in Pittsburgh, but it was like not necessarily, I don't want to say that like I didn't get there on my own merit, but I had connections like through art teachers and school and stuff like that who like know gallery owners and have curated shows for students. And so that's just like a little bit different than being an adult artist 
artist and getting landing your stuff in a gallery on your own merit like without it being something that is curated for you through school and so I've always wanted to be an artist and so it's been a goal of mine for a while is to have exhibits and galleries throughout my life but I'm actively working on getting something in a gallery in DC and so I'm working on a series of prints actually my main kind of medium is painting but I've really been into prints lately and using ink and that's been fun and so it's going to be a collection of 15 or so prints and it will be on femininity patriarchy masculinity rape culture like just commentary on all of that and my idea is already fleshed out I'm already started on it but that's kind of like the general gist of it so that's something I want to do and that's something I'm working towards and like hopefully I'll be done with the collection relatively soon and then I can start pitching to galleries that's a big life update actually that's like me achieving my childhood dream of working towards becoming an artist because I consider myself an artist already because I make art and I have sold art before and I've like made art for other people but I I really want to take that next step of like being on a more public platform as an artist so that's exciting and I'm not jinxing it by putting it out there I'm holding myself accountable and by telling people that maybe in like a couple months people can be like hey you said you were gonna do that what's happening and I'll be forced to do it because <laughs> other people know about it and will be holding me accountable so with that let's get into the episode So I'm going to start with answering these dating questions and then I'll get more into, you know, some of the storytelling of specific experiences that I want to share. And some of the storytelling will probably be woven throughout just naturally, like as I answer the questions, starting with question one, what are some dating non-negotiables? And I have a lot. (laughs) It's called standards. No, I I think having standards is a really good thing and it's something that I didn't always have, especially when I was like younger in college dating. I feel like I was very much just kind of like trying really hard to be like, go with the flow because I thought that's what guys wanted. And like some of them did, but that's also because like they were immature and I was immature and that communication just wasn't there. So I didn't really have those non-negotiables, but now I definitely have some and I'd say the biggest ones, not necessarily in any order, but being respectful to people in general, but this is like a big one that I feel like I hear all the time, but like being respectful to like service workers or, you know, like waiters and waitresses, bus drivers, stuff like that, because these are people that are quite frankly making your life easier and allowing you to live the life that you do. When you go out to eat, you're not going to go back in the kitchen and make your own food. You're not going to go bring your own plate out, bust your own table. Like the people that do those jobs, they're helping you out. They're making your life more convenient and allowing you to like go out and have fun and like focus on whoever you're with or whatever you're doing in that moment. And so like, why would you be disrespectful in general, but especially to the people who are providing you a service if, if you're like disrespectful to your family as well like I I just feel like going out of your way to be disrespectful to someone or to like just like treat your family poorly anything that's done 
out of like malicious intent and it's just like unnecessarily disrespectful Uh, how many times can I say that word is a non-negotiable for me and I think a big sign of that is people who like will talk poorly about family and friends or like and this is like excluding toxic relationships right like I have my fair share of toxic family members but like the family members that I don't have a poor relationship with even if they annoy me I'm not going to go like saying terrible things about them to people and so that's something that I look out for like if someone's like talking to me and they call a family member like the b-word or something I'm just like "Eh, you're not for me another non-negotiable for me is just like a lack of curiosity and that's in terms of like wanting to learn new things wanting to experience new things like people who just have a closed mind especially about the world I think if you're so close-minded to the point where it's like America is the best country on earth like red white and blue like no 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 I don't want that closed-mindedness like you have to be open to learning new things and like experiencing new cultures and things like that someone that is very into gender norms there are certain like traditionally feminine things that I enjoy like I love cleaning besides taking out the trash and cleaning the toilet I also really enjoy like taking care of babies I love children and like I would have like 10 children if I could maybe not actually that's a lot but I I love kids like so there's certain like traditional like quote-unquote feminine things that I enjoy but that's not all that I am and like I don't want to be with someone who's like so into gender roles that I want to do something that's more like quote-unquote masculine or if I expect them to also clean like it's not a problem because oh I'm a woman I should cook I should clean you know what I mean things like that or like the expectation especially when it comes to sex and sexual relationships like the expectation that women should be like pure than men should be experienced and when you're talking about heterosexual relationships you're like that doesn't even make sense because then who are you sleeping with to gain that experience anyway just that overly traditional gender norm informed expectations that's a non-negotiable for me i don't want that in, in my relationship someone that is not in tune with their emotions that's a non-negotiable for me as well i understand that not everyone has mental illness which honestly is great so like (laughs) that's not like a precursor to a relationship but everyone does have emotions so if you just like have no idea of how to identify that or like how to i guess cope with whatever you're feeling that's kind of a non-negotiable for me because even if you're not you know gonna sit in journal every day or you're not in therapy like that emotional intelligence and awareness is something that i still like to have in a relationship whatever that looks like because i think it's really important for a building a strong foundation and also just there's going to be moments where emotions are running high and you have to be able to like get through that also someone that is clingy i love being alone I love being around people as well. I'm definitely like an ambivert. I love meeting people and like hearing their stories and, you know, getting to know how other people live. But I also do really value my alone time, whether that's time to meditate, to go for a walk, to listen to a podcast. Maybe I want to go to the spa. Maybe I want to go on a trip by myself. That's really important to me to have my alone time to reflect and just kind of be with myself. And I think it's important for my future partner as well because the more you get to know yourself and the more secure and comfortable you are with yourself, the stronger the relationship will be. So I want someone who understands that and values that, even if that's not necessarily what they want to do. Maybe they don't want 
want to like go on trips by themselves or something them being understanding that i need that alone time sometimes um and then last Another non-negotiable for me is someone who doesn't know what they want. I completely understand that people are on different pages and some people genuinely are unsure of what they see in their future. Maybe they're still on the fence of deciding whether or not they want to get married, whether or not they want to have kids, where they want to live in the world, and it's just all sorts of things that may impact a long-term relationship. And that's okay if that's where you're at, but just being upfront about that is key because I know what I want and I know what I deserve and it's not someone who is uncertain or withholding information that will allow me to make an informed decision. I I don't want to say that I don't have time because I do have time. I'm only 27, but I don't want to spend time trying to convince someone to want the same things as me or not necessarily tagging along, but you know, just kind of taking things slow with someone when neither of us are completely sure. And I don't mean like 100% sure like this is the person I'm going to marry because you, you don't necessarily know that right away. But if we haven't had that conversation about what we're both looking for, where we're both going, then I feel like it's kind of wasting both of our time you know I do my best to communicate the things that I want and I expect that from whoever I'm seeing because then we both can decide like okay we're on different pages maybe we should part ways as opposed to just kind of you know spending time together but never having that conversation and then you know you get further down the line and we're both kind of like wait this isn't what I was looking for so I want to avoid something like that so someone who's unsure of what they want and isn't communicative about where they're at is a huge non-negotiable for me. Another non-negotiable is someone that has completely different values than I do and having different values isn't necessarily a bad thing but I think if you're going to enter into a relationship with someone, any kind of relationship but especially if you're hoping that this is going to go the distance then I feel like that's something you need to be aligned on as your core values because that's who you are and there's ways where you can have different values and both are like quote-unquote good values but just different but there's also people who value things that are maybe a little bit more like surface level like if someone values appearance in a way where it's like I want other people to think highly of me and how I look or like they're just constantly focused on what other people think of them constantly focused on one-upping people or being the best that's kind of like a red flag for me personally it may not be a red flag for everyone but that's just not my priority and I feel like it being someone's priority can kind of give you a glimpse into what to expect in the relationship if looks and appearances and like being flashy are truly so important to this person and they're not important to you then you might have some clashes down the line okay here's an example and this is just like a silly example but like when I go to the beach I like to have fun I of course I'll like lay out and tan and just spend some time in the sun but I'm going in the waves I'm like swimming I'm taking my floaty out into the ocean like I'm having fun I'm there to have fun and if I'm with someone and they're like oh that's stupid like you're too old for that like you're too old to have fun because they're worried that like people might think that it's lame it's just things like that where it's like I want to live my life how I want to live my life I want to have fun and if you are holding yourself back and then trying to hold me back from doing the things that I want to do because of how other people might perceive it, then that's just not for me. Okay, that was a long-winded answer to the first question. Um, Second question, how do you prioritize yourself when dating? 
I spoke a little bit about this in the first question, like with having my alone time, but that's one way that I really prioritize myself. So my recent dating experiences have been like not long term. And when I say recently, I mean in the past like three years, three to five years. The most long term person I've been with was like two and a half months because we just weren't on the same page and I didn't want to wait around and like spend more time with someone that I knew was not the right fit for me. And then lately like the dates I've been going on and the people I've been seeing and it hasn't gone past a first or second date because I just pick up on the fact that we're not compatible early on so I, I just don't pursue it. I've also just been like dating on and off like I've gone months of like not even talking to men or like trying to find someone because I just you know want to spend some time with myself or with my friends and like cultivating other relationships but when I am dating whether it's in a relationship a situationship or just casually dating but like actively casually dating what I do to prioritize myself is not date <laughs> um so even if it's someone I really like I'm not going to want to be attached to the hip at them attached to the hip with them attached to their hip I'm not going to be with them 24-7, even if I really like them. Like I like I said before, I need to have that alone time. I need some space. Um, as far as specific activities, I love my walks. Morning walk, afternoon walk, just kind of aimlessly walking around my neighborhood, maybe going to a park, and just like sitting in the grass and looking at the sky or reading a book or listening to music or whatever. I have my movie nights by myself or things that are just like low maintenance and low energy. Um, maybe I'll like cook myself a really good meal and then just, you know, sit on my couch, listen to music, light a candle, just things that make me feel good and help me kind of recharge. Also setting boundaries. I think that's the way I really prioritize myself. Setting boundaries and setting expectations so having those conversations about like, what are you looking for? What are your non-negotiables? Like, what do you want from this situation? I think that's really important so that I know that I'm going into a situation that is more likely to have a good outcome or is less likely to cause me any sort of harm, like mentally, emotionally, whatever. I think it's a way that I really prioritize my own mental health and safety. Next question, when in a relationship do you share about your mental health? I really think it depends because there are certain conversations that you might have earlier on where it kind of just comes up organically. But in general, I would say mm, like a couple months in because I don't want to divulge too much too soon. And part of that is just my own anxiety of like, what if that turns the person off? And my rational brain knows that if it does, then that's not the right person for me because the right person for me is going to understand and accept me for who I am, like all parts of me, even if it's something they haven't experienced firsthand, they wouldn't look down upon me for having experienced poor mental health but also just for my own like peace of mind I guess one of the storytellers in part one talked about this but building that foundation of trust I think is really important because even if the person isn't going to like tell other people or think of you weirdly or whatever I think it's just good practice to make sure there's that foundation of trust before you divulge anything or at least details just because like for your own safety, 
making sure that you feel right internally when sharing this information and that you're not sharing because you think you have to, but because you genuinely trust that person and feel safe with that person, safe enough to share. Even beyond, I trust this person not to react poorly. Also, I trust myself that once I share this information, I won't change how I act. And it's something that I don't think that I do consciously, but sometimes, because this happens even with family and friends, you know, if I talk to them about my experience with depression, for example, and especially if it's like the first time in a friendship that I bring it up or one of the few and far between times that I have a deeper conversation about it with family afterwards even if they have like the most beautiful most perfect response or reaction afterwards I get in my head thinking like okay I don't want to talk about this too much because I don't want to maybe make them uncomfortable or maybe feel like they need to help me or fix something or that I I don't want them to feel like I'm unloading on them. And I think that feeling for me personally stems from not feeling 100% comfortable talking about it and not because the people aren't good people or people that I'm not comfortable around generally speaking or people that I don't trust, but because internally I still have that insecurity surrounding the whole conversation. So making sure that I trust myself to talk about it is also really important in the trust piece. And then also beyond trust and comfort, just knowing that if this is someone that I want to be with, then I'll share because even if it's someone I trust, but maybe I don't see us together long term, like say we've been dating for a couple months, we're having fun, but I'm just like something's not quite right, then I'm not going to necessarily dive in head first or even dip my toes in the water of having these deeper mental health conversations. But I didn't give a time. I just kind of like talked about (laughs) random stuff. I don't think there's like a specific time. So that's kind of a hard question to answer. I think when it feels right, which is just like so vague, but I don't think there's like a benchmark of like at the three month mark, you have to like whatever. But generally speaking, like a couple months in would be like the earliest. There has been a situation where it kind of talked about mental health a little bit earlier, like maybe like a month in or something, but it wasn't like in detail about like, this is the situation with my mental health. And these are the things that I experience and tell me about you or things like that. More so just a general conversation of like, what are your viewpoints on therapy? Just kind of trying to gauge, is this person open to that? Do they think mental health isn't serious? Like, Do they not take that stuff seriously? Because that's something that like, I think that general conversation is important to have early on if that's something that you value is like someone who's open to mental health. Because Next question, what's a highlight and a low light from dating experiences? Um, oh, I would say a low light. I have dated some questionable people. I dated someone that also wanted to date my friend at the same time and I was like this is not the situation if you're interested in polyamory or if like if you are polyamorous cool fine whatever but we went into this as a monogamous couple and also why my friend like what I don't know there was just a lot of weird this was in college so weird stuff happens in college that was a low light um I've had weird like funny weird things happen so I wouldn't necessarily call them low lights you know like I had someone eat half of my food on a date once and I was like, what? Like, It was just so bizarre and I never saw that person again. 
obviously. Um, I have had like bad experiences with people that I've had one-off experiences with, like people who cross boundaries or things like that, um, that I don't really want to get into right now. But yeah, just people who don't respect boundaries, like physical boundaries, sexual boundaries, and who don't take no for an answer. Definitely, those are definitely low lights. Um, as far as highlights, I've had some pretty good highlights. I think one highlight is I went on a date with someone when I was abroad, solo traveling, and I met someone and they were cute and we hit it off and we went on a date and I never saw them again and that's okay. It was fun in the moment and that was a highlight to just have that nice experience before I left that country. Another highlight is when I was early, early 20s, like 20 years old, I dated someone that was a little bit older, like still in their 20s, but a little bit older than me. And that was the first time that I had felt like truly, fully, 100% comfortable sexually with someone where I just felt like I didn't have to be a certain way or look a certain way. And like this person just like we just clicked and they respected me and I respected them. And it was just it was a good experience where you know, every time we were together, even if we we were just, just chatting and getting to know each other, I just felt safe and respected. And I think that's a highlight is just feeling like someone gets you and they don't have these like expectations of like what a woman's sexuality should be like or anything like that. Another highlight is dating people who are affirmative. I have mentioned before that like words of affirmation isn't really my love language because I was never really affirmed growing up and so it used to just make me really uncomfortable actually i had i think i'm pretty sure i spoke about i dated someone who was constantly affirming me and this was in my early 20s and at that point in time i looked at that as a low light because i was like oh this person's just trying to reel me in so they can you know switch it up but now it's a highlight looking back as a 27 year old woman and like it's good to have a partner that speaks highly of you to others but also to you and the people I've dated that have been affirmative and have been really like truly loving and kind with their words is definitely a, a good highlight um next question have you ever had to cut off a situation and why yeah I've had to cut off a few situations one of them we were just on two totally different pages as to what we wanted out of the situation and where we wanted things to go and although I really like this person I eventually was just like I can't do this like I need to prioritize myself because I know what I want and I know that this isn't it even though that person is a good person I was just like we want different things and it's just not fair to myself to stay in this situation when I know that it's not heading in the direction that I want it to no matter how much I like this person because ultimately I'm not going to change this person's mind um I don't know I don't think I've really ever had to cut anything off for bad reasons or for like safety reasons I also just have like a terrible memory so if I have had to do that I genuinely do not remember so I'm just gonna say that I never had to okay and so the last thing is just tell a story a brief story of a date relationship experience on the apps or anything in the dating world be short or long serious or light-hearted it is up to you or me I should say I <laughs> have so many like short light-hearted experiences and then I have some longer ones that are maybe not as light-hearted and I'm trying to figure out like what I want 
to talk about because there are certain things that are like maybe more upsetting or like just like not nice to reflect on that have had impacts on my mental health like things relating to what I kind of briefly alluded to before like boundaries and like stuff just related to like sexual assault and things like that that I don't know that I'm ready to dive into that but as far as the impact of that on my mental health. I think I've always known that doesn't say anything about me as a person. Like I know that nothing was ever my fault related to that. And I know that like, like I'm, I feel grateful to be able to say that it never made me feel bad about myself because that's not the case for a lot of people, unfortunately. And luckily I haven't had those feelings about like feeling negatively about myself but I think it's more so just made me like anxious when dating and then also just kind of like jaded when it comes to dating. And so I think there's, I mean, it's healthy to have some bit of like hesitance and obviously you want to be aware of your surroundings. You want to look out for yourself and things like that. But I think in my head, I tend to just kind of run with things. So for me, I was really like so jaded to the point that I was extremely anxious. And I think that I was also just like I had a negative mindset about the outside world for such a long time and that like even though there are sketchy people there are like bad people out there I feel like focusing on that so much just isn't healthy for me mentally because then I'm just going to be a miserable person and like I don't want to always be sad or angry or whatever you know so yeah I mean obviously that had impacts on my mental health. Yeah, I know. I'm sorry. It's so vague right now, but that's just because I don't want to like tell the full story of that just because I'm not ready to do that. Um, so as far as some of the more lighthearted stuff, <laughs> my friends who may be listening have heard these stories already, but I just have so many funny, like weird stories of like weird people I've dated. Like I went on one date. It was a very short date because I cut it short. Um, but I was supposed to on a date with someone after work. I wore what I wore to work because we were meeting at like 5.30. We were going to go to this little cafe and then continue on to dinner. We only went to the cafe because I met up with this person and he (laughs) asked me to change my shoes because I had on these little heeled booties. It was like late fall, early winter. So I had on my boots and they had a little heel and I'm 5'5 for reference. This man was 5'7". I knew that going into it and I didn't care because if I cared about his height, I wouldn't have matched with him, you know? And I don't remember if this was on Bumble or Hinge. But yeah, so I'm 5'5". This person's 5'7". I didn't care, but clearly he did. So I'm like, why did you swipe right on a 5'5 person then if you were going to have issues with the fact that we don't have a huge height difference? But anyway, I show up to the date. I'm wearing these little heeled booties that made me like the same height as him maybe like half an inch taller they're not big heels they're just like your typical like little heeled booties that every woman wears in the fall and he looks me up and down he's like oh you're taller than I thought you would be and this is the first time we met in person and I'm just like okay like and what do I say to that it was like awkward so he said you're taller than I thought you would be I'm just like, oh, haha, like, how are you? Like, trying to, you know, have that small talk before we actually go into the date. And then he asks if I had other shoes. And I was like, no. In my head, I'm just like, what the hell? Who asks that on a first date? You knew how tall I was this whole time. 
and it's safe to assume that like you know someone may wear shoes that make them a little bit taller because even sneakers may make you like half an inch inch taller depending on what kind of sneakers they are so that happened we went into the coffee shop i got my like juice or whatever and i had this moment in my head where i was like okay like maybe i'll just continue with the date like it's fine but then i was also like you know what no I'm not going to step into that so early on because I completely understand and respect like people have insecurities. I have my own insecurities. Everyone has insecurities. But if you're making it my problem, that's where I'm going to draw the line. I think if you're in a partnership, you're in a relationship, then it's a different story. But And then on a first date to say to a stranger, I mean, we were strangers, to be like, I'm insecure so I don't want you to wear these shoes, essentially. That's essentially what he said. It's like, I don't, I'm insecure about my height, so you need to change how you present yourself to accommodate my insecurity. I just met you. No. Also, who just has a spare pair of shoes on them? Like, what? So that was a funny one. Another brief little story. I... Went on a few dates with someone, and on the first date, we went back to his place, and this is like pre-COVID, so, and we were like making out, whatever, and he started trying to take off my shirt, and so I stopped him, and I was like, I'm not going to go any further, setting that boundary, and he took it, like he accepted the boundary, but his response was weird, he was like, good, because I don't um date people that have sex on the first date anyway or something like that but in i'm just like that's a weird comment to make because if i didn't say anything i bet you you would have if i was like yeah let's have sex i know you would would have also it doesn't matter like it's like if you want to sleep with someone on the first date and you feel comfortable and confident and secure in doing that you do you like there's no moral attachment to it it's just a matter of like preference and desire and I did not want to do that and so I felt fine about it but like that was something that was just weird to me because I'm like why why did you say that and if I hadn't set that boundary if we had like gone further and been intimate would you like then think of me differently it's just weird things like that kind of what I was talking about with gender roles earlier where it's like this certain expectation or belief about how women should be in relationships, especially like sexual relationships. And I don't know, I did continue to date this person a little bit, but I was always kind of a little bit like in the back of my head, that was something that was just constantly there of like, I don't know that this person entirely respects me. I don't think that had any like intense impact on me, but it was just something that I was thinking about constantly when we were dating. I was just kind of like, okay, like I'll just, you know, look out for other signs that maybe point to like misogyny or something. Another story. I have like so many that I'm just kind of like, what's even worth sharing? I've gone on like first and second dates with some weird people. There's one guy who ate half of my food. I briefly mentioned that and then looked at me like I was crazy for being like, what the hell? I'm like, sir, you ate half my dinner and then ate all of yours. And I couldn't give him a taste of his own medicine because he had shrimp curry and I'm allergic to shrimp. (laughs) So I was just like sitting there while he's just like stuffing this curry down and I'm like in shock still. 
because I'm just like, you really just ate half of my meal and then proceeded to eat your giant bowl of curry. And then afterwards, we went out to ice cream and it was so bizarre. Um, This whole situation was actually really bizarre. So first we get to like, we're deciding where we want to go to eat. And I suggested this place that I love and they have $7 daiquiri seven days a week until 7 p.m. It's their 777 deal and I love it. And he was like, he can't drink a daiquiri. And I asked why, just out of curiosity, because I'm like, okay, are you like allergic to rum or something? And I was like, oh, okay, why? And he's like, well, it's a girly drink. I'm like, all right, sir. <laughs> Strike number one. <laughs> and he eats half of my food. Strike numbers two, three, four, and five right there. And then as we're waiting for the check to come, he's like, do you want to split it? And I have no issue with splitting the check. But if you're going to eat half my meal, I'm not paying. You're paying for that because you got two meals, basically. So that was strike number six. Because I was like, you had the nerve to eat my dinner and then ask me if I want to split the check. No. And then, so while we're waiting for the check to come, or I think he paid and then we're waiting for his card to come back. And there was an ice cream spot across the street. And I was like, oh, do you want to go get some ice cream? Because, you know, I'm still trying to, like, end the night on a good note so that I don't go home in a bad mood. And he was, like, on the fence. He's like, "Uh, no, I don't think I really want ice cream. Like, I'm not a big fan of ice cream. And I'm like, okay, that's fine. We don't have to. And then he's like, but I guess we can go if you want. If we go, I'll eat ice cream, but I'm not, like, dying for it. And he's like, I don't know if I really want it. Like, I don't really like it. I'm like, all right, well, then, like, if that's the case, then I'm going to head home now. And And he's like, you know what? No, let's go get ice cream. I was a little bit annoyed because in my head because of the back and forth. So we go to ice cream. We get ice cream. And then afterwards, we're just kind of like standing on the sidewalk on this stoop of this storefront eating our ice cream. And after we, right after we get it, I said something like, see, I knew you wanted ice cream. Just kind of like jokingly, playfully, because he was going back and forth. And he looks at me. <laughs> this is so stupid. <laughs> but he looks at me with the most serious look in his eye. And he's like, I'm not a liar. <laughs> I was like, what? And he's like, I wouldn't lie about ice cream. I'm like, oh my God. It's just so bizarre. <laughs> Another one, I went on a date with someone who, like, we were talking about um, the future and family. Not, like, necessarily a future together, but just in general. And he was like, <laughs> he asked me, he's like, would you f- give your kids alcohol? And when someone asks that question, I think it's reasonable to assume that they mean like your 17 or 18 year old or you know like them taste it at home so that they don't go wild once they and can actually legally buy alcohol or whatever i'm thinking he means like college age kids i'm like like ages 17 through 20. so initially i said yes but like if it's a special occasion like christmas dinner or anniversary dinner or something or new year's maybe i'll let them have like a sip of champagne at midnight or something Fully talking about like teenagers or like adult children, but that are under the age of 21. And then he goes, Oh no, I meant toddlers. <laughs> and this sounds just so fake and so stupid, but it's so real. And he's like saying how in his family they let their toddlers sip beer because sometimes they're curious and you know, you gotta like feed into kids' curiosity so that they learn. And I'm like, not with alcohol. No. Excuse me. No. I've said, like, I've dated some really nice people, but I've also dated questionable people, and these are the questionable people I'm talking about. 
and to just kind of like wrap and tie it back to the mental health piece, I feel like all of these weird experiences have kind of shifted my mindset to where I'm not going into dating being super anxious or worried or feeling like I have to present myself a certain way in order to attract a certain kind of person or anything like that. Like, I feel like it's just allowed me to be more secure in myself because I've realized like you're going to experience come across weird people you're going to come across like weird situations and you just have to have like that humility and laugh and like not take everything so seriously and when I enter into relationships or situationships or like when I'm dating I still am serious in the sense that like I have my intentions and that's like I'm dating for a relationship. I'm not dating just to casually date because not that there's anything wrong with that. It's just not what I'm interested in at the moment, at this point in my life. So I'm dating with that in mind. So like I'm serious about that intention, but I'm not going to be like super serious every single time we're together because I feel like you have to like laugh and like have that lightheartedness just as much as like you want to build deeper connections and like talk about more serious stuff and make sure on the same page as that and so I think those silly and like weird experiences have like it's kind of taken some of the pressure off dating and as weird as those things were it's just been nice to like have things to look back and laugh at and I'm like okay dating is honestly a joke <laughs> and yeah just taking that pressure off so that when I'm going into these situations I feel calm but yeah dating is dating's a fun time sometimes a little bit sketchy sometimes a little bit weird but overall it's fun and I do think I'm kind of getting back into it now and I'm looking forward to it and I'm looking forward to maybe sharing experiences further down the line if you are dating I hope that you're doing whatever you need to do to take care of yourself and prioritize yourself and your mental health and your safety and wellness and I also hope you're having fun and not anxious or putting too much pressure on yourself or too high expectations on yourself in, in order to enter into a relationship or attract people. I hope. I hope this series made you laugh, made you cringe, made you reflect on some of your past or even current dating experiences. And if you're in a relationship, I hope all is well and you're getting what you want and what you need out of that. And if you're still on the hunt for that someone, I hope that you find what you're looking for and wish you good luck with all of that. Thank you so much for tuning into this week's episode of Mondays with Mai. I really enjoyed sharing my dating experiences with you all. The good, the bad, and the super cringy and bizarre ones. And I look forward to hearing from you all. So I'll have another question box on Spotify if you want to share your experiences with dating. And if you want to request any topics or segments or anything like that, be sure to follow me over on Instagram at Mondays with My, and you can comment on any of the posts I have going on there or shoot me a DM. Yeah, check out the Instagram and stay well. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of Mondays with Mai. I truly hope you got what you needed from this episode and that you'll be coming back for more. Before you go, be sure to subscribe to this podcast, leave a review, and check out the show notes for any resources or info. Keep taking care of you and talk to you soon.